श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाए श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जाए श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाए ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतन की जाए श्री ब्राह्मण गीत की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए गौर प्रमान हरिहरि गो सो गुड मॉर्निंग टू ऑल ऑफ यू वेलकम Here we are continue with our series on Sri Brahmare Gita the song of the bumblebee today we are in our 11th meeting where we will continue discussing this most important and esoteric mysterious section of the Srimad Bhagavatam chapter 47 of the 10th canto today we will be studying the 6th verse of Brahmar Gita which is the 17th verse of this chapter of the Bhagavad so we are starting let's say the second half of our discussion the second half of the verses that comprise the Brahmar Gita and the second half of the whole series as well since we will have some I will I think some five more concluding sessions as we had five introductory ones So <clears throat> let's make as usual some brief recap of what we were discussing last week hmm? Five, fifth verse of the song of the bumblebee and um, as usual Shrirada in her divine mad divine delirium she interprets that the bumblebee is humming hmm, around her feet and she and he's trying to beg forgiveness from her in the name of his friend and master Sri Krishna who is in Mathura so thinking that the bumblebee mm, is doing so while actually he's attracted by the fragrance of the lotus feet of Sri Radha mistaking her feet by two lotuses but she interprets rich reality through the lens of her particular bhav so she interprets that the bumblebee is begging forgiveness in the name of Krishna so she shouts not even speaks this fifth verse telling the bumblebee keep your head off my feet i know what you are doing you expertly learned diplomacy from mukunda now you came as a messenger as his messenger with flattering words but he mukunda abandoned those who for for his sake alone gave up children husbands and all other relationships so basically he is simple and grateful so conclusion Shirada says, why should I make up with him now? So, in this way Shirada is insulting the bumblebee, by extension, insulting Krishna in the context of loving him, basically, sarcastically telling the Brahma, the bumblebee, oh, you are such a good disciple, you learn so nicely from your guru, you, so, such, you should be the successor of Charya, of your, your guru in cheating, Mukunda. Mukunda means the one who gives liberation who liberates you so shirada sarcastically say he liberated us from husband sons and relative he deprived us of all that playing his flute and even he deprived us from every any prospect in our future life of auspiciousness because we transgressed all dharma for the sake of him so we left everything for his sake in other words the gopi accepted sannyas in the most substantial sense of the term all the sannyas implies rejecting so many things for the purpose of hari 
And as we know, as we already mentioned, Krishna tried to reciprocate with that by he himself accepting sannyasis Mahaprabhu and trying to repay back some of, of the love debt he acquired with the gopis. So Shirad is saying here, we left everything for his sake and, he, and for his sake he abandoned us. So for his sake we left everything. For his own sake he left us. <laughs> Therefore he's Akrita Cheta, which could be translated as ungrateful. Or also Akrita Cheta can be translated as he with uncontrolled mind or he who has not given his heart completely to us. Whatever the case, it applies to this particular situation. So, Shirada will say, therefore we won't make any peace with such a person. If you bumblebee come here in the spirit of conciliation, that won't happen. Because again, we left everything. As we mentioned, parakia implies to leave, to give up certain relationships that even devotees in Golok in other rasas do not have to give up. Jashoda doesn't have to give up Nanda to love Krishna. Subal doesn't have to give Sridam to love Krishna. But the gopis have to leave everyone else in society to love Krishna. So that's a very unique feature of this Parakiya. So well, in this verse that we are summarizing, Shirad is speaking one of ten varieties of Chitra Jalpa, as we know, mud talks or colorful expressions, Chitra Jalpa. In this case called Sanjalpa, that speech which decries the ungratefulness from the beloved and other bad qualities with deeply sarcastic words and insulting gestures which are connected to the ungratefulness coming from the beloved. That's how Srila Rupa Goswami defines Sanjalpa in his Ujmal Nilamani. So of course we concluded our previous meeting reflecting over and over again for us as sadhakas how we are to embrace these teachings, how we are to incorporate what we are receiving here in such a way that may really upgrade our present condition and make us getting closer to this reality. And of course Shirad is calling Chitter Krishna, he's rather calling Krishna Chitter here, along all along the Brahma Gita. But we, we shouldn't call Krishna a Chitter imitating Shirada in, in a purely external way. Mm. To begin with, we should call ourselves a cheater. We should acknowledge and recognize all the cheating propensities, kutinati, patistas, and all this stuff in ourselves. And the more we do that in the context of bhajan, kriya, nartani, briti, healthy culture of Krishna bhakti, <clears throat> eventually we may reach the point in our perfection, perfected state, that we may call Krishna a cheater, but in a tasteful way, in a way that increases the experience of rasa for him, for us, for everyone there. And of course, something we also mention is that most of, not only Brahma Gita, but all these sections connected to Madhurya Bhava especially, are connected with Parokshabhat. Parokshabhat means indirect speech, indirect language, which is very unique and <clears throat> very characteristic of romantic dialogues and affair, affairs. And Krishna himself said, Parokshabhadarisaya Parokshammamachapriyam. This indirect speech is so dear to me. All these sages speak in those terms, enigmatic, mysterious, indirect, and I love that very much. So, since Krishna loves Parokshabad so much, Shirada will mostly only speak Parokshabad. <laughs> Naturally, that will flow from her, uh, from her lotus tongue, if you will. This crooked speech that is not explicitly, overtly saying things as they are but in such a way that only those who have the ears to hear, the eyes to see, will appreciate that. 
And the context of this Parok Shabbat, we also shared some verses from the Hamsa Dutta, this beautiful poem from Rupa Goswami, where Lalita sends a message through a Hamsa, through a, a swan to Krishna Mathura, describing the condition of Braj and Shirad in particular. And many of these verses, again, were in Parok Shabbat. Today we will share some of them at the end as well. But first of all, let's begin officially today's lecture by sharing the verse, the sixth verse of Brahma Gita, which may be maybe the most well-known verse of the whole Brahma Gita. So I will share the verse with you uh, in the chat, and I ask some of you to please share it also in the thread, in the Facebook thread that we are streaming as well. So there's the verse. And I will recite it first in Sanskrit and there share the translation. Mrigayuri bhakka pindram bibyadhe lupta dharma Sriyama krita birupan strijita kama janam Balima pi balima tvavishtaya dvangshavatyas Tad alam sita sakya irdustya jastat katharta. So, the translation says thus Like a hunter, he cruelly shot the king of the monkeys with arrows. Because he was conquered by a woman, he disfigured another woman who came to him with lusty desires. And even after consuming the gifts of Bali Maharaj, he bound up with he bound up, he bound him up with ropes as if he were a crow. So let us give up all friendship with this dark complexioned boy, even if we can't give up talking about him. <laughs> so this is the sixth verse of Sri Brahma Gita. Let's share also a little bit the connection between this verse and the previous one where Shirad is of course referring here to Krishna and interestingly to Krishna and his other avatars, Ram, Palmandev. So Sridhar Swami, the ancient commentator, he mentions that furthermore thinking over Krishna's prior activities, again in previous lifetimes, Shirada will express in this verse, I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of dark complexion people. So in this verse she will present this idea. And interestingly, Srila Jiva Goswami, in his Gopal Shampoo, will introduce this verse by saying that Shirada gives the previous mood and she speaks again here with transformations arising out of deep affection, which are unappreciated by the ignorant. So this is a very important point because, again, you externally, superficially may read this verse and think there is no affection here. She's only insulting Krishna, calling him names, abusing him, bullying Krishna. But Srila Jiva Goswami mentions all these words come from transformations, we could call these samchari bhavs, different transitory ecstasies that affect Sri Radha Thakurani's speech. And all of them arise from deep affection. In the same way, like Sanchari Bhav is like a wave arising out of the ocean of Stai Bhav, of her main defining emotion that Srirada has for Krishna. So out of that deep affection, these different waves of ecstatic expression are coming. And Srila Jiva Goswami says, 
they are unappreciated by the ignorant. So in other words, we need to educate our hearing, our, our tongue, inner tongue, to relish properly these type of sections, which seem something else, but actually are so deep, so full of rasa. So if, you are not, if we are ignorant, if we are not educated in the science, in rasa tattva, if you will, we may just misread all these incredible sections of the Bhagavatam. So it's very important, and that's part of the purpose of this series, gradually trying to train our ear, our eyes, our tongue, in inner, internal terms, to properly honor and relish these sections. So again, this is maybe <clears throat> the most well-known verse of the whole Brahma Gita. Let's go to the word-by-word -word translation and then trying to unpack its content. The first line says, Mrigayur Ibhagapindram Vibhyade Lubdhadharma. So Shirada here, as we mentioned, he expresses the sanctuary bab of fear and not only starts to abuse Krishna, but now as an extended version of it, she still criticizes him, but in the form of his previous descents. Like Ram, Sri Ramachandra, and Bhavandev, mainly in this verse. So first line, has to do with Sri Ramachandra. Mrigayur means hunter. Mrigayur Iva. Mriga Ayur means he whose life, Ayur, is Mriga, animals. So he subsists on animals, a hunter. Mrigayur Iva. Just like, just like a hunter, Kapindram Bibyade. Bibyade means shot. So he shot who? Kapindram. Kapindram is uh, the king of monkeys which refers to Bali, not to Bali Maharaj, he will come late then with Bhaman, in connection to Bhaman Dev, but here is Bali, the king of monkeys, who was shot by Ram, Ramachandra. Lupta Dharma, Lupta Dharma basically means behaving like a cruel hunter, following that type of Dharma, that type of uh, function, if you will, that corresponds with those type of people. So first line corresponds to that particular uh, moment in the life of Sri Ram when he shot Bali, so Sri Ram is criticizing Krishna's cruelty by speaking about himself as Sri Ram and how he acted with Bali. Then the second line says, Sri Kritabi Rupan Sri Jita Kamajanam. The second line is also dedicated to Sri Ram <laughs> in another direction. Sri Ram means woman, Akrita means maid, and Birupan means disfigured. So he disfigured one woman, Sri Jita. Stri means again woman, in this case, and Jita means conquered. So, being conquered by one woman, he disfigured another woman. So, who is the, wo the woman he was conquered by? Sita Devi. He's referring to Raman, Ramachandra. And who is the woman who was disfigured? Surpanaka, Ramana's sister. Kamayanam. Kamayanam means impelled by lusty desire. So, Surpanaka approached Ramachandra impelled by lusty desire, and instead of reciprocating with her, she rather criticizes Ram. He disfigured her. He ruined her life, basically. That's the second line, corresponding again to Sri Ram. And the third one is dedicated to Bhamandev, the dwarf avatar. Says, Balim api Balim So Balim means, refers to Bali Maharaj. Api Balim, also Api, Balim, means tribute, the second Balim, the offering that Bali Maharaj gave to, offered to Bhaman Dev when he asked for charity, as we know. 
Atva bestayat. Atva means consuming. Abestayat means bound up. So after consuming, after taking whatever Bali Maharaj offered, abestayat, bound up. This dark complexion person, bound up, referring to bound up, bound up Bali Maharaj. Dwangsabat, yes. Dwangsabat means like a crow. He tied Bali like a crow. And then the last line says, Tadalam Asita Sakyaer Dustyajas Tatkatarta. So now, last line presents the conclusion. Therefore, such, this person is so crooked, not even in this present birth, but even in previous births. Therefore, Tat, Tat means in this case, therefore, Alam, Alam means enough, enough of this. <laughs> Asita is a very important word in the verse. Asita means. Uh, <clears throat> Sometimes it's translated as black and referring to Krishna, dark complexion boy. But strictly speaking, Asita means non-white, which is a, an indirect way of saying black. Remember, Shirada is fond of indirect speech, but here in the ecstasy of the Sanchari Baba fear, she's so fearful even to pronounce the word black, which Krishna may, may be translated as black, or Shyam may be translated as black, that she will only refer indirectly to him as saying the non-white person. <laughs> Asita. Um, Sakyai, then. Sakyai means friendship, all kinds of friendship. Enough of all these types of friendship. Mm. And interestingly, the last part of the verse, which may be the most well known of all, she says, Dustyaja mm. means impossible to give up. Tat means about him. Kata arta. Kata means topics, and arta means like the, the, the speaking of that, the elaboration of that. So, let us give up all friendship, all types of relationship with this dark complexion boy, even if we can give up about doing that, even if it's impossible for us to do that. <laughs> At least speaking about that. We can try to give the relationship, but we cannot stop speaking about him. That's a very important point that we will try to highlight along the, our discussion today. So let's, come, let's start with the different commentaries take us to this verse in order of seniority if you will starting by Srila Sridhar Swami the ancient revered commentator of the Bhagavad and then continue with Srila Sanatan Goswami Pad, Srila Jiva Goswami Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur <coughs> so Srila Sridhar Swami mentions that when Srila mentions here acting like a hunter as we mentioned Mrigayur Iva with Bali, Ashram, actually means, in the cases we mentioned, cruel. He's exhibiting cruelty. And try to bear in mind, whatever Shirad is saying regarding other Leelas, other avatars, it all applies to her subjective experience with Sri Krishna in, that part, in this particular situation. She's in. Mm -hmm. So, another idea Sridhar Swami mentions, and that will be repeated by other commentators, that actually... If a, if a hunter shoots an animal, generally it's Mrigayur. The idea is that Mrigayur, he makes, he subsists on the animal. He eats their flesh and that's why he's killing them. But in this case, Ramachandra was not shooting Bali to eat his flesh. So the point is, that was unnecessarily cruel, basically. That shows hmm, his cruelty, that's the implication. Hmm? And next, Sridhar Swami explains the second line, which Sridhar 
suggests or says it overtly, he was controlled by one woman, he was controlled by Sita, he was an attached Grihamedi or whatever, <laughs> and then he took, therefore he took Surpanaka, whose means of, of, of subsistence and gain was Cupid, in other words, her beauty was one of her main features, and she was disfigured by him. Actually, Lakshman was the one who disfigured Surpanaka, but that was in the context of protecting Ram and so on. And Ram agreed with that. So he cut her ears, her nose, you can imagine, in the form of Dasarati Ram. And similarly, Sridhar Swami paraphrases Sridhar with the third line. He took Bali Maharaj after cheating him, as you know, offering Bhamandev uh, appear begging for some Dakshina and, and Bali Maharaj offered whatever he liked and he said only three steps of land and eventually he took everything from him with those three little so-called steps three brick cram <laughs> he who makes three astonishing steps mm? so after taking whatever Bali Maharaj offered that's not all but like a crow who is bound, he bound him up basically in the form of Bam and the, mm? and then he threw him down into the lower planetary systems. That's all described in the Bhagavad also. Hmm? So, Srirada's conclusion is, I mean, therefore, let's end all friendship with Krishna. And if the bee, if the bumblebee at this point will reply to her, okay, if, if you are so determined in that direction, if this is so, then why you are always speaking about him? If he's so wretched and so condemned, why you cannot stop chanting about him? And Srirada replies, with the very last part of this verse, Dustyajas Tatkatarta. According to Sridhar Swami, he translates that as the treasure of his topics is very difficult to give up. Difficult to give up Harikata. Relatively easier in comparison to leave Krishna, but to leave Harikata, oh, that's a very unique form in which Krishna comes to our lives. So these are the words of the Bhavartha Deepika, Srila Siddhar Swami's commentary on this verse. So let's continue with what Srila Sanatan Goswami Pat has to say, has to share today, reveal in his Brihad um, Vaishnav Toshani Tika. So first he will share a general meaning flowing in the footsteps of what Sridhar Swami say, applied to these members of the Das Avatar pantheon, Ram and, and Bhamana, and eventually he will share another meaning, interestingly, connected exclusively all the lines with Krishna himself. So in the general meaning, Shirat, according to Sanatana Goswami Pat, is saying to the bee, <clears throat> you just hear the qualities of your friend. You want to hear the qualities of your friend, your master? So then she begins to criticize him. First of all, he shot the best of monkeys, not any monkey, but the best of monkeys, who had no fall whatsoever. Then... He's called conquered by woman, Sanatana Goswami said, because Sanatana Goswami presents this other idea. Radha calls uh, Krishna's Ram as conquered by a woman, by Sita, because Sita represents like a competitor to Sri Radha, similarly than Lakshmi. Sometimes this jealous, jealousy appears in Sri Radha, criticizing other of her partial expansions, as we know, like Lakshmi or Sita. Oh, in this particular context, in separation and com divine loving competition, they appear as competitors, ladies. So she's criticizing her in that context as well. Not only Ram and Krishna. And then, third line, Sanatana Goswami says, 
he is compared to a crow, which and, and here's another idea. The crow sometimes comes and eats the offering that were meant in sacrifice for the devatas, and not only eats those offerings that are, were not originally for him, but injures injures other people. So the parallel, of course, try to bear in mind the parallel. The gopis are saying we were belong to other men. Parakia means I belong to someone else. So we were meant for someone else, but Krishna came like Krishna comes like a crowd and enjoys all these offerings. Try to apply all these examples to what Radha experiences and injures people. He comes, enjoy us, takes from us all the honey, Madhusudan, drinks all the pollen from our lotus hearts, and then injures us. How? By leaving us. Or another idea, Sanatana Goswami says that he was cruel and insulting by binding Bali as Vamandev tightly, as if Bali were a crow. So these two ideas are, like if Bali were a crow, he tied him, or he himself behaved like a crow. And of course, this also, Sanatan Prabhu says, shows his ingratitude. Bali Maharaj gave his own self to him, Atmani Vedanam. And what did he do? He tied him and sent him to Patala Lok. So he's... Dark, he's black, not only externally but internally. His heart is dark, deep dark, deep black. And his friends become black like him. Birds of the same feather flock together, like you, Bumblebee, indirectly, Sirad is saying. <laughs> Therefore, <clears throat> let us give, give up any friendship with, this black, with black people, basically. Here, here you cannot tell to rather Black Lives Matter. We prepare for her reply. <laughs> so she uses the plural here to say, let us give up friendship with that black person. So the plural, Sanatana Goswami mentions, is indicated to imply complete rejection of all types of friendship with him. So let us give up friendship in plural. All types of approach of addressing with this black personality. And to be more precise, Sanatan Prabhu reveals another layer of meaning in which all the lines of the verse, <clears throat> in this case, are not connected to Ram or to Bhamandev, but all of them directly, exclusively to Krishna. And of course, the other ones who are connected to other avatars indirectly are connected to Krishna, all of them converge in them, as we mentioned. But what's the meaning he gives to these lines in connection to Krishna? He says, well, like a hunter, he shot the best bull. Kapindram can mean the best of monkeys, but also the term Kapindra means one who shakes the earth. So it can apply to a bull. So this idea is connected to Aristasur. Krishna killed a bull. A bull is a very personification of Dharma. And we know all the story that transpired after that, the whole manifestation of Shamkunda, Ratakunda came out of the killing of Aristasur and so on. So the first line, instead of being applied to Bali and Ram, it's applied to Krishna and Aristasur. The second line, which was applied originally to Ram and Sita, Sanatana Goswami says, being lusty, he desired deformed woman, like Kupja. So, instead of saying he deformed another woman, he disfigured another woman who, who approached him with lust, like Surpanak in relation to Ram, here Sanatana Goswami says, Krishna himself is so lusty, that he even desires disfigured ladies. And this applies to Kubja. We know that in Kubja is like henchback, henchback you say henchwoman, uh, in Mathura. 
Hmm? Although we know Kupja herself approached Krishna trying to enjoy with him. <laughs> but Sri Radha here will see everything in, in a particular perspective. So he's so lusty that he he's attracted even to the formed woman. And the third line, which generally is applied to Bali Maharaj and Bhamandev, regarding how Bhamandev took everything and devoured the offerings, in this case it's applied to Krishna in connection to the Govardhan Lila. He devoured the offerings made by the cowherds and rejected the worship of Indra. He ruined the whole offering, he took it for himself. We know that Govardhan showed himself to be non-different from Krishna, so he himself ate all the offerings. He rejected the worship of Indra as Bhamandev hmm, act as he did with Bali Maharaj. Hmm. So again, according to Sanatana Goswami, but after describing these first three lines, all of the commentators mostly will say, well, after this the Bumblebee will reply to Srirada, then why do you speak about him? If he's such a <laughs> dark person. And Srirada will say, well, he's the goal of all speech in Braj. Katarta. Katarta can mean elaboration on topics about him, but also kata arta. Arta can mean goal, objective, or necessity. So he's the converging point of all kata in Vrindavan, all Gramya kata, or village talk, Braj is a village, all converges into Krishna. Spontaneously. No, nobody there can speak about something else. That's the nature of the place. So Srirada replies to the bumblebee according to Sanatana Goswami in this way. He's the goal of the speech in Braj. So we cannot stop speaking about him. Although we know, although one should not speak of, about him, it is a forbidden topic, especially for us married, chaste ladies. But what to do? We must speak about him because we are in Braj and everyone here is absorbent speaking about his activities. It is not but our will and we cannot leave Braj. So what can we do? We are in an environment where everything flows in that direction. So it's a very interesting point, what happens in this verse. And also, of course, one extra added feature in this connection is how Shirada here shows uh, in separation from Sri Hari. She's experiencing Dura Sudura Pravas, which is the type of extreme separation with Krishna is somewhere else, long distance. And it is said in Shastra that Aishwarya, tends to come into the surface in the moments of Vipralamba, in separation, not in union. In Sambhog, Aishvarya won't be expressed by the Brajavasis. But in separation, sometimes Aishvarya can appear, come to the front, but only to nourish, to nourish Madhurya or intimacy. So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives this example in his Raghavarma uh, Chandrika, Showing how Aishvarya, he gives, uh, he says, Aishvarya manifests itself at the time of separation in Braj, but in a sweet way, nourishing the, the Rasa, the Staibhava of each devotee. So he will share this example, Shirada speaking in Divyan Mat, and showing that she's aware of the previous avatars of Krishna, which means Krishna's avatari. He's the supreme, the, the source of all divine descents and so on. All this carries the implication. She has the awareness that Krishna is God, but that's totally buried into layers of intimacy. But sometimes, when the, when the, sometimes example is given, when you may, the, the whole milk, boiling milk, is the maduri of the Brajavasis. And the Ishvara is like a blade of grass <clears throat> thrown into a boi, boi, pot of boiling milk. So immediately that would be swallowed. <clears throat> you cannot see that, but it's there. And sometimes when that boiling milk overflows, 
you may have a chance of seeing that blade of rust coming out. So that's overflowing means separation. When the, the, the feelings of the Rajabhasis, especially Sarada, overflows in the unique way. And sometimes that Aishwarya comes to the fore for a minute, but not to create distance, but to nourish the intimacy. So Sridhar Swami also comments on this verse in this connection. He says that during separation, Srimati Radha will perceive Krishna's divine Ashvarya, his God, he has avatar, so on. And this reminds her of his past and his previous descents. Here we see that. But again, all that, she will take it in the context of continuing her Chitra Jalpa, increasing her Divyan Mat. So these are some ideas, some of the ideas shared by Srila Sanatan Goswami. So we will continue with Srila Jiva Goswami and his Lagu Vaishnav Toshini. He has some other sections like the Gopal Champu and Kramasandarva, many, many extended commentaries on the Bhagavad. So we'll have some considerable revelation to share here. So bear with me. Fasten your seat belt. <laughs> so according to Sri Jiva, here Sri Radha is implying Oh Bumblebee, those who have dark complexion, whoever, are extremely crooked. And of course Bumblebee has dark complexion for sure. <laughs> so those of dark complexion, those non-whitish, are extremely cruel, crooked, merciless, irreligious. So it is not that I'm afraid of the behavior of your friend in particular, but I'm very much afraid of dark complexion people altogether, whoever it may be. And again, not only Krishna's dark complexion, not only the bumblebee's dark complexion, but Uddhav is dark complexion. Uddhav is almost exactly like Krishna. So you can imagine Uddhav is there present and hearing all the things, <laughs> witnessing Sri Radha's different Sanchari babs, waves coming and going, increasing the ocean of her sky bab. So Sri Radha implies this, not only do I, I fear the activities he does, but also the nature of his color. That blackness is so scary. Look, look. His evil heart is completely black. Again, it's not only his, his complexion. <clears throat> his heart is black. Everything about him is blackish. And of course, by saying this, Shurada gets further and further absorbed and grossed in thinking about Sri Hari. Even in his other forms, which are not blackish necessarily, Ramachandra, Bhamandev, but something <clears throat> similar, close to that if you will, some greenish thing, <laughs> dark on some level, bounded. So again, here we are witnessing Shirada's uh, Sancharibab, or again, Sancharibab means one of the five ingredients of Rasa, Bhakti Rasa, Staribab, Bibab, Anubab, Satrikabab, and Sanchari or Bhyabicharibab. We won't explain them in detail here now, but Sancharibab is transitory ecstasy, which come for a moment, nourishes the main feeling the Staibab and then continues. So here, here she is showing Nirveda, says Rupa Gos eh, Jiva Goswami. Hmm? Remorse hmm, also in that context. Hmm? So this is so intense that she becomes afraid even when pronouncing, as we mentioned, the word Sham or Krishna. Sham means black, Krishna means black. Hmm? So she's not using directly the word Sham or Krishna. She's just using the word Asita non-white, not white, which is another way of saying black. For, for the three examples given in this verse, Sri Radha is referring to them as 
non-white, the not-white. We're not speaking about Ramachandra two times, one time to Bamandev, even to Krishna. Her her, sta- her ecstatic Vyabhicharibhav takes her to not even be able to pronounce the word. And sometimes in Shastra it is, it is described what happens when Shirada enters into a particular mood when she doesn't what she she does not want to have anything to do with blackish people or even with blackish objects. For example, of course here Shirada is exhibiting pravas, this particular type of separation. But when she's in man, for example, salkimut, sulkiness, jealous love, she's angry with Krishna and she doesn't want to see anything black. Not only people, but anything black. For example, generally we know that Shirada's sakis, manjaris, dress her in a blue sari, decorate her with bluish bangles, eyeliner, kajal, mask drop here on the chin. All of this is Krishna's color because all that externally showing what's going on internally. She's absorbed in Sri Hari. But when she becomes angry with Krishna, she doesn't want to see or to hear anything connected to him, not only to hear or speak his name, although she cannot, as we can see. <laughs> but she doesn't want to see any blue, blackish object that may remind her of him. So she will take off her blue sari, she will take off her blue bangles and her sapphire necklace, and she will change all of them for ivory, ivory you say? Bangles, a pearl necklace, a red sari, nothing blackish. She will remove the blue mask pictures that were drawn on her chest. She will remove the mask tilak that was drawn on her forehead. All of this, again, blackish. She will remove the blue kajal or, or dark black eyeliner painted around her eyes. And she will replace all these items with decorations made with white sandalwood paste, covering it with white, the opposite of that. <laughs> For example, on her beautiful chin, there is a drop of mask resembling like <clears throat> it is say like a sleeping bumblebee and she will paint some white sandalwood paste over it with the end of the straw trying to cover that and if she did all this properly even though she may go out and she may see a dark rain cloud so she will put an umbrella there not to see the rain black rain cloud or even she will say <clears throat> I don't want to see my friend Shamala anymore. A very close Saki to her. Because why? Because her name Shamala reminds me of Sham. So anything that has to do with Sham, with black, I don't want to see that anymore. And she said she will whitewash all the Tamil trees in Braj, which has the complexion of Krishna. She will stay away from peacocks because their feathers remind her of Krishna. Or, or if she see a black bee, at the base of some tree, hmm, Sri Radha will become scared hmm, and her eyes will become filled with tears, it is said. Again, similar to what we are speaking here and the bumblebees here. And maybe some, at some point, hmm, because of the ecstatic sweating, <clears throat> the, the, the sweating removed the, the white sandalwood paint and she may just walk and casually see her own face and see the black mask dot on her chin again because the white sandalwood paint was removed. She will take the mirror that she was seeing that face and smash the mirror on the floor, breaking that into a hundred pieces and so on. <laughs> so, again, all this in the context not of psychological dysfunction, but mm, the topmost mm, degree of ecstasy. <clears throat> so, 
So Srila Jiva Goswami Pad continues saying that thinking of Krishna as being non-different because of similar qualities, she will show the faults in Ram and Bhaman, these ones who are famous. Mm? To begin with, with Ramachandra, <clears throat> Ramachandra is famous for being Dhirodhata. He's one of the main four types of Nayakas or heroes in the aesthetic literature. And Ram in particular, is very sober and very rightful, very dharmic. Ramachandra himself is Mariyad Purushottam, the very personification of duty, the very highest example of Dharma. But she will show faults in him. So the point is, if someone like Ramachandra has faults, what to speak of Krishna? If some Dhirodhata Dasarati Ram has so many faults as Sri Radha is pointing to, what to speak of Dhiralalita Krishna? who is a carefree enjoyer, a prince in, in, the, in the village or so ever. No? <clears throat> so then she, she, according to Sri Jiva, starts to describe each of one of them. No? Like a hunter without mercy, mm? a person who was dark in complexion, again, not mentioning any name directly because of fear. He was filled with greed mm? for, for, for killing, for cruelty, and, and, and killed Bali the king of monkeys. And a monkey should not be killed. But well, that happened. Let that be. But then he disfigured uh, this, the daughter of Bisrava, which is Sarpanaka. She was full of desire. And with how he reciprocated, he cut her nose and ears. And at this point, Jiva Goswami presents the argument of the bumblebee. He may say, well, the hatred of a brother because of a woman causes this. Lakshman was Ramachandra's brother and he was defend, protecting his brother and he attacked Surpanaka because of that. And Surpanaka was a loose woman. So attack, attacking them is justified. The bumblebee may say that. So Shirada replies, according to Sri Jiva, shame on you. <laughs> Actually all this happened because of a different reason. Sri Ramachandra was controlled by a woman, <clears throat> by Sita. That's why he attacked Surpanaka, we have the famous example. He even was so controlled by Sita that he killed a deer for her. You will remember this famous story where she, Sita Devi wanted this golden deer. Hmm? And Ram was after him. After it, whatever. Hmm? I'm trying. And she said, even if it has to be killed, okay. So he shot. Of course, we know the deer was not. The deer was a, a mystic personality. It was well, a long story. And, and that was how Sita was kidnapped, or Maya Sita was kidnapped by Ravana. But the point is, he even killed a deer. So cruel. That's well known. And even if, if the bumblebee will argue at this point, well, he's a Kshatriya. So there is place for cruelty, for killing animals and things like this. It is customary in the Kshatriya families. Cruelty is not fully inappropriate. There is place for expressing that in certain contexts. So Shirada will go, okay, let's go to the third example to completely <laughs> make check, make checkmate with your arguments. So she wants to the third line of the verse referring to Bhamandev. Another person, another Asita, a non-blackish, non-whitish uh, uh, non personality, in this case, Brahmana, bar, bar, Brahmin by birth, not Kshatriya, a Brahmana, a Brahman is expected to show all these different qualities. Samo, Damas, Tapaso, Chang, Shantirar, Jnana, Vigyana, Nastikyam, and so on, the Gita says. Peacefulness and tolerance, being equipoised, a Brahman. 
But such a Brahman tied up Bali, who had the highest sense of Dharma, who offered himself fully. So this so-called Brahmana enjoyed all the articles of worship from Bali and they tied him. He removed Bali from his position. He was master of the three worlds. Bali Maharaj was pretty powerful. And, and he made him enter the Patala, the Netherlands, the lower world, lower worlds. Hmm? So basically he's acting like a crowd, not like a Brahman. A crowd that comes, as we mentioned, devours the offering men for the devatas hmm? and surrounding people by calling other crowds and then surrounding the house, abusing them, torturing them. Hmm? So in this way, Jiva Goswami mentions, paraphrases Chirada, that in the first line, when, he's, when she speaks about killing others, shooting Bali, that indicates Krishna's hard nature. Remember, all this does not have, has nothing to do specifically with Ramachandra Bam Dev. It all has to do with Krishna. <laughs> so she will take the Das Avatar and make them converge into the figure of Krishna in the context of criticizing all of them. So killing others indicates his hard nature. First line. Second line, being controlled by woman indicates his lust. And third, enjoying the gift of others in an ungrateful way indicates deceit. And I remember, all the things apply to what Radha feels regarding Krishna being present in Brajna. Heart-hearted person, lust, attracted by other ladies, as Ram is attracted by Sita, Krishna attracted by other ladies in Mathura. Deceit, he say, I will return, he never returned. So, Sri Radha concludes, what's the use in establishing any friendship whatsoever with a dark complexion person. So against Sri Jiva Goswami will <clears throat> present the argument of the bumblebee with, slight, with some slight difference, saying, why then do the sages describe Krishna with excellent words? Srila Jiva Goswami takes the, this position regarding the bumblebee in direction to the sages. And Sri Radha will say, well, in describing his character in this way, the sages are showing actually their own faults. Mm -hmm. And although they have faults, Krishna's powerful and bewildering energy makes the sages attracted to him and instills fear in them. Again, she's projecting her own sanctuary bath into the sages. All of them are fearful and that's why they say what they say. Actually, one, a person does not become as fearful of a violent animal as one becomes fearful of seeing a person who pretends to support Dharma. Again, criticizing Krishna <laughs> in all his forms. So what, what can a tiger do? Basically, she implies. You, know, you can flee from him in fear, but one should instead fear the person who has a violent heart, but thinks he has a fine character. So sarcastically, she says, now Krishna now is part of the aristocracy, Mathura, with cultured people in the big city. He thinks he has this fine character. He has a black heart. And of course the conclusion of the verse again is why you continue speaking about him. Well, he's hard to give up. His nature is completely bewitching. He's the all-attractive. So Jiva Goswami says these words express fear and hatred. All of them being sanctuary baths, remember. All of them being crucial ingredients, spices in the whole Masala of Bhakti Rasa, if you will. Mm. So Srirada once again implies, we can leave everything black, but the subject of our talking is always black. Mm. We can leave Krishna. We cannot leave Krishna Gata. Mm. 
We can live the blackish boy. We cannot stop talking about blackish issues. Again, black lives matter. <laughs> so this is the end of Silajiva Goswami's commentaries along with his different commentaries. So let's finish our discussion on the different tikas on this verse of the Bhagavad by going to the revered Sula Bishwanachakravarti Thakur and his revered Sarartha Darshini commentary on the Bhagavad. So for him, <coughs> here the bumblebee seems to say to Srirada, Oh Srirada, as far as I can see in Mathura, soft-hearted Krishna is simply meditating upon you. So according to Bishwanath, this is the, the background to this particular verse. Before she speaks this verse, the bumblebee is suggesting that in the name of Krishna. Like, as far as I can see in Mathura, Krishna is in, simply meditating upon you. And we know that's true. Let's bear in mind, Krishna is not actually ungrateful and cruel and all this stuff. No, she's really <laughs> loving and caring and is absorbing Sri Radha. But love moves in a crooked way, so it seems something else of what that it actually is. So Sri Radha replies, according to Vishwanath here, You say that Krishna is only meditating on me. You are just an unexperienced, inexperienced servant of him. You are new to Mathura, it seems so, very clearly, because you don't know the facts about Krishna. You don't know he, who he is actually. So not only the point she, she makes is not only he's cruel in this very lifetime, but even in many previous lives he has been so. We have heard that from Purnamasi. So the gopis will express themselves in those terms in the context of the Lila. Not that, it's not that we know that, but Purnamasi told us Krishna in his previous descents, he was this, he was that. That's one way to take it as well. Purnamas is the, the Gurvi, the Acharya of the whole branch. So then, of course, comes the three types of Asita, the three types of non-whitish person or black personalities. Or in black with black means impure also. In this case, first of all, of course, Ramachandra. So Shirada says, one, one Asita has secretly killed the king monkey, the monkey king Bali, with his arrows. But secretly, again, in a coward way, hiding behind a tree, shooting an arrow on his back. That's totally like adharmic, like a merciless hunter. And on top of that, the top of the thing is that a hunter, again, we say Mrigayor, is someone who will take the flesh of the killed animal and su survive on that. But those who are hunters do not kill monkeys because they know that the monkey flesh, monkey meat, is unedible, it's uneatable. You cannot even sell that flesh anywhere. But this person, this Asita, because only because it's what he was endowed with a blackish complexion, he acted in a way that is totally rejectable, even for a hunter. Although he was the greatest among the righteous. So you, you can see how interestingly Chiradas Bab takes her to have make a very totally logical case against the most dharmic person to the point of presenting him as worthy of criticism even by the hunters. <laughs> She's showing this idea. Even a hunter will criticize how this so-called topmost dharmic person, Ram, behaved with Bali. Hmm? <laughs> so pretty ingenious, pretty inspired discussion. <laughs> but of course this is not enough, so she continues the second point, she will say, according to Bishmanad, now just listen to another 
instance of Krishna's irreligiosity. All this is speaking about Krishna, remember. It has nothing to do with Ram or Bhavandev, who of course are avatars of Sri Krishna. Second line, overcome with lust. A woman named Sarpanaka, as we know, approached Ram and proposes some intimate relationship with him. And as a Kshatriya, he, he should have a, a satisfy her. That's part of the Kshatriya Dharma. There's a whole psychology in the Kshatriya. They should be able to reciprocate with whatever lady approaches them. That's stated in the Shastra. So Sri Radha knows all these details of how a Kshatriya should behave, but in the context of criticizing Krishna. So instead of satisfying her, Sri Ram disfigured. Surpanaka, cutting her nose, cutting off her ears, so nobody else can enjoy her, basically. He ruined her life. He gave her no further hope of being enjoyed by anyone. Because why again? His cruel nature. But the point is, the background of his cruel nature is he was attached to Sita also. So it's not enough to say he was cruel in nature. He was lusty. And all this again, in the context of Krishna as a womanizer, as a lampata, and so on. So the point is, one may say, oh, but, but he acted like this because he was a, he, he was what? He was a monk and, and he didn't want to deal with ladies? No, he was not a monk. He was not upholding a vow of celibacy. He was like wearing matted locks and the dress of a renunciate. No, he was living with Sita at that time. So he was conquered by her love. And of course, all these arguments we could present in another way to glorify Ram and to glorify Sita, <laughs> but Sri Radha is taking them backwards in the context of fulfilling her ecstatic purpose. Intuitively, she's not even thinking and calculating anything. And it's, this is not enough. We have the third line of the verse, when, according to Vishwanath, Sri Radha will say, similarly, not only as a Kshatriya, which again has some license to be cruel and so on, but when he, Krishna, appears as a Bhaman, this Asita, this another Asita, another non-whitish person, a dwarf Brahman, he rejected all the qualities of a Brahman, actually. Such as peacefulness, straightforwardness, honesty, transparency. So he enjoyed all the offerings made by Bali Maharaj. And then Bhaman Dev cast Bali down from his throne, his lordship of the three worlds, and he threw him into a hole below the earth, Patalalok. Just as a crow, a crow first will eat again the food. If a donor comes and gives food to a crow, the crow will come, eat the food, and they will hurt the person, the hand that was feeding him with its beak. So similarly, this Asita, this dwarf Asita, he had this righteous Dharmic Bali Maharaj. He was bound, bound up by him, by his own associates like Garuda, Sunanda, all of them tied up Bali Maharaj. And finally, he was thrown into the nether worlds, Patalalok. So, again, this Bhava, this Bhavande was the son of the great sage Kasyapa. He was a Brahmachari, but he makes my heart tremble with fear when I remember his evil behavior, basically. Because why? He adopted the dark complexion. This dark complexion is ruining everything. Everything. An alternative reading of this last part is that actually Bhavandev tied Bali just like a crow. A crow again divorces all the offerings and then calls other crows, surrounds the person who was doing all this offering and starts to mock 
that person. So similarly, Bamandev called his own people and then surrounded Bali and tormented him, bullying him. So of course, then Shirada will say, according to Vishwanath, enough of friendship with all this Asita, this non-white, this all that, that black complexion man, enough of that. We are gold complexion ladies. So, so virtuous, so chaste. And despite all the varieties of friendship we have had with that black man, that black boy, not even one has proven auspicious. All, all the different approaches and experiences, all of them ended in inauspiciousness. So one should be extremely cautious of Krishna because he has such a black heart, such an impure nature. Therefore, what use do we have for such a person? So again, according to Vishwanath, the bumblebee will say, but how, how is your own heart pure if you are constantly criticizing others? I mean, I'm hearing you for verse after verse criticizing, criticizing the impurity of others. So someone may criticize the impurity of others, but how pure you are if you are just engaging in that? In other words, you are continuing speaking about Krishna. So Shirada replies here, talking about Krishna's activities in his past lives is hard to give up even though that makes us unhappy. So we know we should not be speaking about Krishna, but we cannot stop talking about him, whether we criticize him or not. <laughs> so that's the standard of brush. They may speak nicely about Krishna lovingly, or they may criticize Krishna, but whatever they speak, whether it be praise or criticism, is all converging in Krishna. That's the Braja Kata, the Braja Gosep, if you will. Or another meaning <clears throat> that he is giving to this last line, Dustyajastat Katarta, is that although we have given him up, Dustyajas, we cannot stop talking about him. <clears throat> Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur mentioned that the subject is not mentioned in the phrase Dustyajastat Katarta. It is just saying, impossible to give up topics about Krishna. Actually, it is not saying, it is impossible for me. Shira is saying, it is impossible to stop speaking about him. So with this, Vishwanath mentions that, implies that this idea infers that not only for the gopis this is impossible to stop doing, but for everyone, for the great sages, for everyone in Braj, it's difficult to give up about speaking about Krishna. Again, this is indirectly chanting the glories of Harikata by the topmost speaker of Harikata, Srimati Radha Thakurani herself. <clears throat> So basically, this is the idea she's presenting here. I do not need any friendship with this black person, but I'm still unable to give up the treasure of the topics about him. I can give up everything, basically, Shirad is saying, including Krishna, she's telling to the Bumblebee. I can even leave your friend, but I cannot give up speaking about him. That's how she's surviving, basically. She's saying indirectly, I can only survive, I am only surviving this harsh separation by continually speaking about him. I think we have shared this before, but we can share this famous, this one famous lila that is presented as a result of one verse from Prabodhananda Saraswati's Radha Asa Sudhanidhi that shows an example of the addiction, healthy addiction that Sri Radha has regarding Krishna in every single sense. And so sometimes again in man, Sri Radha may be angry with Krishna and say, uh, three resolutions, she makes three vows and we will see how Krishna breaks them all immediately. <laughs> I will not look at him anymore. I won't speak about him anymore. I won't touch him anymore. Hmm? So first you say, I won't look 
at him anymore. She asked to her friends, please help me to, to, to sustain my bow. I don't want to engage in niyama akshama, taking bows and then not being able to sustain them. So I will not look at him anymore, but Krishna appears on the scene and starts to speak very sweetly, as, as if he's begging Shirada, look at me just once. So the Sakis knowing this, because Krishna says, I will make your friend break her vows immediately. So the Sakis say, great, we want to have fun. Let's see that. So help me, Krishna says, okay. So the Sakis start to speak with each other, like if they are speaking on their ears, but in a way that Radha hears, and they are saying, oh, how sweetly Krishna is standing there as Tribangalalita in threefold bending form. The life of that lady that does not see that sweetness is totally wasted. So Srirad is hearing all those things. And, 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 and she becomes eventually eager. So, okay, I will just look at him one second, and that's all. So she looks for a minute, and of course, it's not just a second, it's one, and again, and she kind of just stopped drinking his beauty. So, first resolution, broken. <laughs> and her second resolution will be this point. I won't speak about him. But Krishna starts to speak about to her in this way, in this way, implore her mercy, falling at her feet, and rather than one point, it cannot stay silent and starts to tell him, okay, 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 you came with your marks of love from this night with Chandravali. Go to that girl you love now. Now, what are you doing here now in our conscious? Speaking all these clever words. But the point is, she starts to speak to Krishna. So, second bow is gone. And Shira says to her friends, you have to help me to maintain my bows. And the friends say, we are here, but you are yourself choosing to do that. You are breaking your <laughs> hmm? And again, the third bow is, I won't touch Krishna. But Krishna again tries to implore to Radha and try to, be, to bring his foot close to her, to her foot and touch the tips of Sri Radha's toes. And this creates a wave of ecstasy in her and makes her unsteady. So she very angrily takes Krishna by the hand and pushes him out of the kunja. But again, she's touching Krishna. <laughs> so Sri Radha realizes, oh my God, now I touch him. So if I, I cannot keep any bow... How can I keep him away from my life? So at that moment, she she tells the Sakis and Manjush, please bring him back. What to do? No? I cannot live without him. <laughs> so similarly here, no, in this verse, we can see the, her, her healthy transcendental addiction to Harikata. And this is a big lesson for us Sadakas. Because again, we are in a different situation, of course, in a different types of separation. But she's showing us here how we are supposed to survive in our particular separation from Krishna. How? The same way she's doing, in a different way, but in the same way at the same time. Harikata, which is not different from Hari. Hmm? So that's a very important, important, important point. Hmm? So this way, we, we see this verse, this, this interesting notion of also Sirat again, expressing Aishvarya for Krishna, but at the same time increasing her hmm? her intimacy to him, calling him his Ishvara, Purnamasi told us that. But they actually never act with him like if he's God. That's the nature of their Ishvara Bha. Sri Radha will tell Krishna, come with to me, the red lack on my feet is no longer there, you should repaint it. And she will give orders on that level. So of course, if they order him to perform so many services, I mean, they also became angry, criticized him. But if they were actually aware of Krishna's Godhood, I mean, they, they couldn't have behaved like that. So, again, their, their ultimate 
the ultimate consideration is not Krishna is God. So if at, at some point that comes it's only with the purpose of nourishing intimacy. So so what's the type of of Chitrajalpa person in this verse? Let's try try almost to conclude with that. First of all, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions that the first line when Shirada sees describing the shooting of Bali, that indicates Krishna's ruthless, cruel nature. Then, the fact of Krishna being controlled or in the form of Siram by a woman indicates Krishna's lust. And third, accepting offerings in an ungrateful way indicates Krishna's fraud, fraudulent. So all this, and the expression, let's stop the friendship with that black fellow, indicates fear and malice. And that Krishna is not worthy of becoming attached to. So all these ingredients, again, properly mixed and put together, will correspond with a particular type of mud talk or chitra jalpa, which Silarupa Goswami describes as avajalpa in his Ujjval Nilaman. He describes avajalpa and then he gives this verse an example of that type of chitra jalpa. So what's avajalpa? Rupa Goswami says, Saintly persons have concluded that when a lover, impelled by jealousy and fear, declares that Lord Hari is unworthy of her attachment because of his harshness, lustiness and dishonesty, such speech is called Abhajalpa. So these three elements, harshness, lustiness and dishonesty, are represented in the, these first three lines of this verse. Abhajalpa. So, let's conclude by sharing, with your permission, also one more time to make full circle and try to read this verse one more time through the lotus mouth of Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He has a Bengali poeticized version of it. We will just share the English translation of it to one more time. Try to reflect on this particular sloka. It says, O Bumblebee, when the descriptions of Krishna's previous birds come to the mind, the gopis are becoming afraid. In his descent as Ram, the Lord acted just like a hunter and killed Bali in a cruel and unfair manner. When Surpanaka, possessed with lust, came to Ram, he cut off her nose and ears, being attached to Sita. In the form of Bhavana, he robbed, killed Bali by deceit, accepting his offerings of worship. He bound this virtuous person with ropes as a crow. O Bumblebee, it is not good to make friends with him. I know that the wealth of talks about him is difficult to give up. Therefore, I consider myself weak in the matter of this renunciation. <laughs> so, of course, for us, that weakness Shirada refers to is her topmost strength. I cannot give up speaking about Krishna. I cannot give up Harikata. So, let us conclude, as I mentioned at the beginning of the talk, to sharing some few more verses from Hamsa Dutta. As we shared in the previous class, some verses from Hamsa Dutta, and I mentioned we'll share some more verses of Hamsa Dutta to conclude this section here. <clears throat> and that's a very interesting connection, because today we share the verse where Shirada speaks of Krishna and some of the Das avatars. And today I would like to share some of these verse, of verse, some verses of Hamsa Dutta, also in, connected, in connection to the Das avatars. Remember, Hamsa Dutta is a poem written by Rupa Goswami, where Sri Lalita Devi is sending a message to Krishna in Mathura through a swan describing the condition of Sri Radha in separation from him. 
So the context of this section is that after telling the swan to speak to all of Krishna's ornaments, Sri Radha sends direct personalized messages to Krishna's garland, Krishna's earrings, Krishna's kastuba gem, Krishna's conch shell, and so on. Then Lalita will tell the swan to conclude his message by saying the following to Krishna, where he will compare him to the different Das avatars and of course abuse him in that context. It's Lalita Devi, what to do. So I will share some of them. We have shared each of the 10 of these in social media some time back. So I will share some of them today with you. Kurma, Narasimha, Bauman, Dev, Kalki Avatar. So regarding relation to Kurma, Dev, Sri Lalita sends the following message to Krishna through the Swan. O Krishna, my pitiable friend was attracted to you when she saw your attractive form and your dalliances. She was both curious and greatly enlivened. But when she approached you, you immediately started to behave like a tortoise, hiding your beautiful limbs and showing only a hard shell. Is such behavior proper? <laughs> so here Lalita is compared Krishna to Kurma. Like a turtle makes pratyaksha, retires all, all his senses inside, disappears basically, that's the idea, and then showing a hard shell heart heart mm, by leaving them. The second <clears throat> verse is connected to Nrsimhadev. So Sri Lalita says, speaking to Krishna through the swan, although your pastimes as half man and half lion are long since past, you have not yet abandoned the mood of that incarnation. At that time you showed favor to Prahlad, while to others you displayed extreme cruelty tearing open their hearts. This time also you have shown preference for Akrura, while you tear open our hearts by leaving us so feelinglessly. Hmm. So this is the analogy and the symbol, the parallel with Nutrim Hadev. Hmm. You became partial to Prahlad, which of course okay, <laughs> and tear apart the chest of Hiranya Kashipu and she makes the parallel. You became partial to Akrura, who took you out of Vrindavan, and open up or your chest killed us almost. Mm -hmm. Then is the turn of Bamandev. Oh dwarf incarnation, just as Bali ignored his guru, remember mm -hmm. Sukracharya, who is the guru of the Asuras, Bali was born in a Asura family, and Sukracharya told, Do not do not satisfy the demands of that Bamandev. He's asking for charity, but it's tricky. Vishnu is tricky. Do not obey him. But Bali Maharaj disobeyed his guru, who was saying, do not surrender to Krishna. You, you should abandon a guru who tells you that. <laughs> so here Lalita is saying, just as Bali ignored his guru, so Radha has ignored the wishes of her elders, believing in the power of her love and that by it, you were hers. In this way, she surrendered herself, as Bali also represents surrender of the self, Atmani Vedanam. In this way, she surrendered herself along with the kingdom of her mind to you completely. Like Bali Maharaj offered her kingdom to Bama. For this, she got her just reward. For you have shackled her in the bonds of unfulfilled love and thrown her far away from you, just as Bama bound Bali in chains and exiled him to the lower planets. Then, last verse I want to share from the Hamsa Dutta, almost the concluding section of the book. 
is directed to Kalki Avatar, the last one of the ten main descents of Bhagavan. O Kalki, and here we see how Sri Lalita, even though she's chastising Krishna, at the same time she's imploring to him, please return to Raj, save the life of us all, especially of Sri Radha. So she will say this indirectly to Krishna while referring to him as Kalki. O Kalki, come here to your homeland and with the vine-like sword of your loving sidelong glances surrounded by big black bees maddened by their sweetness, cut apart the infidel suffering born of your separation. Come and show your love for the cowherd man and make the land of Vrindavan a place with the happy Radha again, just as Kalki will make the world fit for the righteous. So Braj is the place of the highest Dharma, Prema Dharma, so they are the more righteous people. So Kalki is there to facilitate everything for the righteous. So you are Kalki, Krishna, so please come and make Vrindavan again a place with a happy Sri Radha here. She's about to die, basically, she's implying. So these are some of the verses of Hamasadut I wanted to share. There's one more verse I will share with you, with your permission, in this same line. Hmm? from the Vidakta Madhava Rupa Goswami. This is only one verse, verse 73 for the fourth part, fourth act. Where Lalita again is speaking, and again is referring to the ten Das avatars, in this case the ten of them, very briefly, in connection to Krishna, in connection to chastising him lovingly. So Sri Lalita says, O Krishna, all your avatars all remain within your own self. We can clearly see their symptoms in you. You possess the restlessness of matsya. A fish cannot remain fixed. So you are quite agitated. You, you possess the hardness of kurma, as we spoke again regarding the shell. You, you, you possess barahas touching the earth by touching us. You possess the cruel fingernails of Nishrim Hadev, as we already explained. You possess a taste for deception, like Bhaman. You possess the intense ferocity of Parasuram. You possess the power to crush Ravan, like Ramachandra, you are crushing us now. You possess the continual drunkness of Balaram, <laughs> you are always intoxicated in Romanticism. You possess Buddha's wish to stop sacrifices, we know Buddha wanted to cancel all sacrifices in the name of the Vedas, the same way the gopis meeting with Krishna are considered like Kandarpa Yajna, the sacrifice of Cupid. So now you left us, so you see Buddha, your wish to stop sacrifice. And you possess Kalis, you exhibit Kalis, Kalkis, sorry, pastime, of attacking with a raised sword. So your leaving us is like that attack. So this is a verse of, also, Vidagda Madhava in connection with the verses from Hamsa Dutta and in connection with the verse we are studying today, where the Dasavatar were invoked, basically. <laughs> by Sri Radha in the context of increasing her love for Krishna, basically, although outwardly criticizing him. So some ideas we wanted to share today. Uh, we have some extra minutes. If anyone has any questions you may like to present, now it's the moment. Since we have no questions today, so we will stop here. Thank you so much for your time. And as usual, we will conclude by offering our pranam to the Harikata shared by Shirada and the Gopis as Uda prayed before leaving Braj, who perpetually putting his head 
in the food dust of them and their harikata which has the potential to purify, to redeem all the three planetary systems. So we are part of that, we are in, that, in the midst of that journey and therefore we pray to be blessed by the contact and, 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 and let allow for this harikata to really become ingrained in us and enter into the deepest chambers of our hearts. Vandinanda Brajastrinam Padarinum Abhikshnasaya Samharikatad Gitam Punati Bhuvanatrin Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Grantara Srimad Bhagavatan Ki Jai Sri Brahma Gita Ki Jai Sri Akadasi Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Praman Haribur